0: Hi, I'm Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and you're listening to Clerical Errors Podcast. Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast, the podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right, welcome to Clerical Errors. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Vicar Baldwin. Hey. Berg's not here, so you are in tri- and you get the treat of having the, the one and three quarter pastor episode. That's
1: right. I've bumped up. I'm a, a quarter more than I was last time. So we'll we'll try to show that off for you tonight, maybe.
0: And uh, it's kind of uh, uh, what what would you call it today? This is your last episode with us, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Swan song, maybe.
0: Swan song. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you bring anything to drink today? You know
1: I did. I did um now I got to say we're, we're moving. And so this was some of the stuff that we really didn't want to bring with us. So, you know, it's it's cold. I can I can tell you that. We haven't unplugged the beer fridge yet, but uh what I have for you this evening is a uh, Bud Light Orange.
0: Oh. So, people are going to start thinking that we have a Budweiser sponsorship because last time it was
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, that's Budweiser, right. Budweiser, or whatever. <laughs>
0: But I don't think they'll be hiring us <laughs> <laughs> after last week. All right. Well, let me open mine. Have you had this before?
1: Uh yeah, I once before. Once before. Which is
0: probably why you're trying to get rid of it. I was gonna say
1: I had a friend drop this off at my house and we have not made it all the way through yet. So is he still a friend? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see after what we talk about it
0: tonight, huh? <laughs> Alright. Go ahead, you go first. Um, yeah, it's... It, mm. See, I actually you don't mind a, the Bud Light lime, so this would probably... See,
1: and I've had the the lime, and I didn't think that was bad either, but I'll be curious what you think of the orange. Yeah. It's like someone tried to make alcoholic sun-kissed, maybe. Or okay. better yet, they, they, um, Metamucil, they decided they'd mix that with their, their Bud Light and get their fiber and their drink right. on at the same time.
0: It, it tastes like, um, like you poured it in a beer, you put... Like a regular Bud Light mm-hmm. in a beer mug that you had just had Tang in. And you didn't yeah. I was yeah. going to say
1: more like you just put Tang powder in your beer.
0: Oh, or yeah. Or yeah. Well, but it's not that strong like you put Tang powder. It's like there was just a little... little
1: bit still s- kind of stuck around the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's...
0: Well, it's not bad. It's better than I thought it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's...
0: Little sweet, but it needs some clam broth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Clam, <laughs> clam-
1: orange. Cl- I don't know what that would
0: be. Ugh. So, uh, so Vicar, this being your uh, last time uh, to do the podcast um, inside the Talks and Tasting Studios. That's right. That's right. Um, our producer did something very special for you today. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Oh, all right uh peter do you have any words for us to explain what this is
1: well you know we've had a lot of good times in the short amount of time you've been on the podcast and uh you've had some great moments <laughs> so we figured we would uh remind you of these great moments that you've had with us oh,
0: oh boy all right all right it you would uh i think you'd call this a music montage wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: so uh um, and Peter put this together, so the the quality is a little higher than what I would do.
1: Well, I'm pretty honored that, you know, our producer would make something for a vicar, I mean.
0: So, uh, yeah. So, you ready for I'm, it?
1: Let's hear it. Let's hear it.
0: Alright, here we go.
1: Alright, alright. Welcome to Clerical errors, Clerical Heirs. Clerical errors. Welcome to Clerical Heirs. I'm Vicar Baldwin. I'm Vicar Baldwin. Welcome to Clerical Heirs. <laughs> Welcome to Clerical I'm Pastor Baldwin Someday, hey. hey. <clears throat> clerical errors. Yes. Welcome to Clerical Errors, where we discuss errors.
0: Nicker, <laughs> what are you doing?
1: Oh, hey, hey Pastor. Um,
0: are you you know, recording? What's going on? I didn't think so. Are, are these on? They're on. Oh. <laughs> All right, Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Well, you know, I really didn't have a chance to whether to get the vicar involved because he's like he passed you. What you doing? You're gonna do a podcast. Oh So I'm like, okay, how can I get him involved without him screwing everything up again? Just
1: remember this sets the standard for every other vicar ever
0: Uh, We have this uh, really fancy app. We have what's called a hey vicar app. I'm gonna warn you It has a few bugs
1: it gets the job done. It
0: gets the job done. So, for example, hey, vicar, what's the temperature outside? Um. Well, let, let me see here. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's uh, Oh, it's six degrees. Wow. Hey, how about
0: that? Wow. So this is going great. <laughs> this is going All right. Great. Very first stellar, first uh, stellar work First uh, time at Best this, line. and you limped in with that. We're we're proud of you, vicar.
1: Hey there, Vicar15.0 here. Just a quick word to all our listeners. A sort of updated terms and conditions, if you will. As you've no doubt figured out by now, much of this that's podcast right. involves joking around, giving each other a hard time, and whatnot. Everyone on here is sort of a caricature of themselves in the real world. Part of that involves giving the stereotypical oblivious vicar a little bit of a hard time now and again. Please be assured that this is all in good fun. None of it serious. And, on the off chance you think what I get is rough, remember that Pastor Bolhagen has to endure every single rough draft of my sermons. That's no small thing. Anyways, that's all I've got. So click accept, sit back, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Vicar, you mind, uh, you mind showing me your notes? Notes? Show them to you? Why, why is this just a picture of a cat? <laughs> oh, well, you know, cat. And then I was like, ism? I don't know how you draw that.
0: <laughs> Part of that, he's wearing a Calvin and Hobbes t-shirt.
1: Well, yeah, man. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> was, you know, it's an election shirt, too, so.
0: Vicar brought our beverage today. He's got uh, a package of a coffee entitled Burly Man Coffee. How did you brew this, this coffee?
1: In a coffee pot.
0: I thought maybe with Burly Man Coffee, you do it in a, a campfire. Like I ground the beans with a hammer, I just went out and smashed them
1: over and over and <laughs> over.
0: And
1: I screamed at them. But we also have sugar, half and half. And in case the coffee's a little too burly for you, S'mores Limited Edition International Delight Creamer.
0: Holy Oh, butts. yeah. Wow. You know what, it, Vicar, it tastes like coffee.
1: <laughs> Alright! Oh, well done. <laughs> Trying to impress.
0: So I've got my 12, and the reason why I have 12 is Vicar. Hey, Vicar, uh, what's oh, the nice. significance of 12 in the Bible? 12 in the Bible. He has to Google it. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> completion? Alright, completion. Like, how many disciples are there?
1: 12. comes. how many apostles are there 12 uh,
0: how many tribes with Israel
1: 12 wrong 13
0: uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, vicar um what do you now that you've got our cups here what do you know about sake
1: well uh, it's made from rice and my wife and I had some on our honeymoon that was pretty good stuff oh we drank it out of uh, it's like wooden boxes <laughs> so I didn't have any of those sorry
0: <laughs> Man, yeah, I guess what? how poor were you if you are listening at home one thing you didn't expect to learn about today is about how vicar Spends his honeymoon in a wooden box drinking sake Can I just stop you for a minute? Sorry? No he's getting a little well too. I'm really trying to concentrate, but then I see vicar. He's playing with his shoe What on earth are you doing? He's looking for snakes He has a shoe off. It's in his hands, and he's look looking at it like it's a puppy. What are you doing vicar? What are you doing? <laughs> uh yeah I don't know we had a thing going he, yeah we were it was floor. a beautiful moment oh. and ruined what he was playing with your shoe how old are you <laughs> hey hey uh, hey vicar what does a porpoise sound like
1: <laughs> I'd have no idea Please,
0: yeah do comparison do comparison <laughs> I want to hear comparison here's a porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> Now here's a here's a dolphin (laughs) Alright Pick out an animal. This is fun. A platypus. (coughs) Hi kids, I'm Perry the Platypus. You have kids, right? Uh, Yeah, you have kids. (laughs) I
1: I do. They don't watch Perry the Platypus, whatever that
0: is. (laughs) Koala bear. Vicar, what does the koala bear sound like? (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. So, I like where so, this led. Honestly,
1: that one was pretty close.
0: Uh, for our sticky nose today, um, uh, Berg and I will be suppressing our laughter. And uh, I would like to hear some animals laughing for our sticky notes today. Vicker, <laughs> <laughs> Vicker, Vicker. So we'll start with an easy one. Uh <laughs> Hey, hyena! Do you remember this?
1: <laughs> remember this? <laughs> I'm never gonna get a call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, hey, uh, teatsy fly. What is that even? That's a that's a fly that, that bites you. You get some sort of a disease. In Africa, Okay, yeah. but you're asking him to make a noise of a fly. Yep. So he he tinsy fly. Do you remember this? <laughs> 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 hey, so, so uh, how about you got one? We got one bird there. Well, you you went with fly. Let's go with elephant. Okay. Hey. Uh, well, let's go. How about this? Elephant's too easy. Because he knows what elephants sounds like. Elephants too easy. But (laughs) but does he know what a woolly mammoth sounds like? Yes. (laughs) See, hey woolly mammoth. Do you remember this?
1: (laughs) 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 What a train wreck.
0: Vicar, Vicar, what do you think? Why, why are you crying? <laughs> uh, Peter, good. do you know what? He's crying over here.
1: The the moving music, you know, it's just, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Soapbox montage, you know, <laughs> <laughs> riding into the sunset. <laughs> so which of those
0: will be uh, the memory that sticks with you, do you think? Oh, goodness. Um,
1: <laughs> either either the, the very beginning episode where I, I just totally flub on the weather and you, you say, well, we're off to a great start here. Or the uh, my comment of, I'm never going to get a call after, like, the umpteenth animal noise that I'd fallen flat on my face. You know, there's a lot of lot of memorable ones there,
0: for well, better or worse. You to know, tell me what my first reaction was. I listened to that when Peter sent it to me earlier today, and I thought to myself, you know what? I was a little surprised. I thought, you know, he's actually kind of likable in that. <laughs> Well, when you got a good
1: producer, you can work miracles, I suppose. No. It took
0: a lot of work. I could tell you because he took out just little bits of certain things. Yeah. I could tell it took a lot of work. But it's beautiful. It kind of makes you a little emotional when you're done listening to it, doesn't it? That's
1: right. I don't suppose we'll get to play that, you know, at my uh, farewell muffins or whatever, you know. We'd hate to choke too many people up. I mean, that could be arranged. <laughs> I'd be careful what I wish for, I guess.
0: <laughs> but I'm on. Oh, if I'm honest here, we're uh, quite a few minutes in, and we haven't talked about any theological yet. <laughs> this is what happens when Berg's not here. Yeah,
1: that's that's true. That's true.
0: So, vicar, what are you preaching on?
1: All right. So the the texts coming up are all pretty pretty tense. They all deal with you know false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, it's the Gospel uh, Matthew seven fifteen through twenty three. And so there's that stern warning, that, that temptation to want to hear um, words that are, are pleasing, words that we, we like to hear, and, and look at the outward um, oh presentation of things, if you will. Um, but then we consider Jesus' stark words when he says, you know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, uh, will enter the kingdom. And we have to stop back and, and look at why that is. And the abandoning of God's word and how that, you know, leads down that path. But we also have the comfort that, you know, that we're not sheep alone left to those wolves in sheep's clothing. That our good shepherd is still there with us. That that his voice still is spoken. And even to those sheep that are surrounded by those wolves, that they can still hear their shepherd's voice. That he still comes to them and and carries them and sets them on the rock, you know, the confession that his church is built on and, and built on that rock. The church and you know, will be will be safe, will endure, and so, so we have security in that. But
0: don't you think people get to hear that 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 part and says and when it says, uh, uh, "Lord, didn't we uh, prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name?" And then I will say to them, "I never knew you. Depart from me." Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the scary part, or it can be because. Th- those aren't just superficial people. They're not just, you know, people are flipping, yeah, I'm a Christian, whatever, you know, I was a member somewhere at some point. or I mean, these are people who, at the judgment, are are utterly desperate, confused. This is a plea,
0: you know. They're surprised. Yeah,
1: didn't we do the good things? And, and very sincere. Yeah, yeah. Did what they were doing sincerely, but...
0: So we're not saved by sincerity.
1: No, oh. no, not saved by sincerity, not saved by our works. We're, we're saved... Um, simply through Christ, through what he has done for us. And and we know that by the word that he tells us, that he, you know, that he gives to us.
0: Well, why didn't you say it that clearly in your sermon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, well. That, that's an old, that's an old <laughs> trick of mine. Uh, next uh, Vicar 16.0, hope you're not listening, is, is I'll write a sermon. I'll ask, well, what's your sermon about before I read it? And they'll tell me. And I said, well, why didn't you just write it like that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, oops.
0: <laughs> all right. And, uh, yeah, you've done a good job this year, Vicar. And, oh, thanks. uh thanks. And I know Berg's really appreciated having you around.
1: <laughs> well, it's been great getting to just, yeah, watch, you know, the the contrast between you two and you, you, you appreciate, you know, all the different, uh, gifts given, you know, to the pastors of the church.
0: Well, well maybe someday you can start your podcast and be part of the, uh, what would you call the Toxin Tastings Network? Ooh. And, uh, yeah, we could have some, some obviously, clerical heirs would be the flagship. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I would be like an affiliate, you know, <laughs> right. maybe. We could be uh, coming to you live from a uh, shepherd of the frozen, frozen glacier Lutheran church, you know.
0: All right. So uh, I thought it would be nice and an honor um, because, you know, as I have a vicar, you know, Sometimes I have to hand over the pulpit to a vicar, and it's very hard for me. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought today, your last time recording in the beautiful and spacious Toxin Tastings studios, that I would give you an opportunity to do the top 12 list. Wow.
1: Well, I will, I will try to make it one of the top, but, you know, I don't want to get too pretentious, I guess. All right. Speak up into the microphone, so here, young man. <laughs> yes, the top 12, <laughs> what I've learned on vicarage. And there's kind of a mix, you know, some of these are a little more humorous, and then some of them I did try to do a bit serious, so it'll be Peter, a mix. Here, play the intro. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time for... Vicar Baldwin. Top 12. Uh, that's why I'm still one and three quarters, just three quarters. I'm almost there, but not quite.
0: All right, so <laughs> this is the top 12 things you learned... On vicar On Vicarage. Number 12. I learned... At a Winkle, which is, you know,
1: gathering of pastors that, that we like to we like to have snacks. They always bring something for breakfast. Vickers love that, right? Right, free food. And there are things that go over really well, you know. Donuts are always a hit. Sometimes they'd have cinnamon rolls, whatever. I learned that, uh, however, protein powder is <laughs> not a great hit among pastors at Winkle's, you know. Um, we had that here, and I I'm not sure anybody touched the stuff.
0: Well, uh, you know, I had the donuts too, but I thought, you know. You know, some of those guys might be clanging and banging. Yeah, yeah. You know, they might they might be hitting the weight room. They might do a little, little protein.
1: Yeah, figured you know you put it in the coffee right or something, but it just it didn't. Yeah, go a little over life very hack.
0: Well. If you put a little protein powder in in coffee, it almost works like a creamer. It's, yeah, it's delicious.
1: You better be careful. Starbucks will probably want to you know, take that next
0: number eleven.
1: So this is sort of a thing, an Iowa thing, I guess. I learned that lunch. Is not necessarily the noon meal. Okay. Anywhere else I've lived before, lunch is what you have around noon. You have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. Right? Here, it's it's breakfast, dinner, supper. And then lunch can be, like, whenever. Right. So you tell someone you're going over for lunch, and they're like, so when are you coming over? It's like, well, lunchtime.
0: Yeah. And, and so you could, conceivably, if you have three visits in the afternoon, yeah. you could have... You have lunch and then you can have three lunches before you have dinner.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's just my, my Wyoming mind could not comprehend these things, you know. So we're even having lunch right now, maybe. But there you go. Number 10. One of the things I've, I've got to do on my vicarage is work with the preschoolers here um, or right across the road. And I've learned that little kids are much smarter than you think, that they're able to just memorize, to learn, to comprehend a lot more than you think a three-year-old or a four-year-old ought to be able to handle. Yeah, they can learn a lot of, a lot of Bible passages. Yeah, I mean, what do we have them learn? About, what, 10? Oh, more 12? than that,
0: 12 to 15?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we started going through the Apostles' Creed with them. I even had one of the older kids, he learned that real quick. He's like, can I learn it in Latin, too? Yeah,
0: so. yeah, <laughs> Fort Wayne type. Yeah, Latin. Latin, right? Bird <laughs> would be very proud.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I think there is something to the fact that maybe sometimes we try to dumb down what we give to kids too much, and they realize, you know, they're not stupid, and they think, well, this is just cheesy, you know, not important. And I think if we teach them a little more seriously sometimes, that that they'll, you know, pick up on that. You know, they realize what we think is important, and so they think it's important too.
0: And you know what that also means, Vicar? That also means that they learn when you. Are not teaching them, yeah, and they pick up on things,
1: yeah. So you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning that with my kids right now.
0: I've noticed when you have have uh, small children, like all your um, all your inefficiencies as a person you see them blatantly like when you you see a child get mad and say the same things that you say when you get mad oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they see you see them react and you think well that's not appropriate and that looked just like me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah kids they're like sponges for better or for worse
0: number nine number
1: nine during my vicarage uh career i've realized that my knowledge of animal sounds is severely lacking
0: Oh, but, I would beg to differ.
1: I, mean, I now, you know, moment of honesty. I think I need like some remedial. I don't know Discovery Channel watching, or should have hit more Wild America as a younger person because you know platypuses, platypi, whatever it is. Uh huh. I that dropped that ball, you know. Okay. To titsy fly, yeah, you know. I just uh, apparently marine biology is something too. You know, I had what n- porpoises and dolphins right. and you know.
0: Well, see, at least now, at least when that comes out as a pastor, at least you'll be ready for it. That's right. You know, you well, think I can? Will he?
1: Will he re- be ready? Can you do a platypus sound now? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> no, I cannot. Oh, see,
0: I already told him he passed, so now he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> That's just, yeah, he, I got he's this. He's hung sh- it up.
1: Short timers, you know, phone
0: this in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you can work some of that into my ordination sermon, you know we'll see
0: right i'll just gonna go <laughs> or maybe uh that was, that was top-notch talent right there that's why he's the pastor that's why i'm the pastor yeah yeah, yeah that's right you know maybe uh, or, or i might do like uh for um on on at your ordination the lane on the hands and you say a bible passage maybe i'll <laughs> do uh just like uh i don't know <laughs> Maybe something from like Jonah. The
1: new the new koala translation of <laughs> right something Jonah.
0: that the Jonas fish said. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's
0: right. Number eight.
1: And this is a lesson I learned earlier on. Kind of a serious thing that you can't expect people to act like Christians if they've never been taught the Christian faith. You know, I think we learned this that that um, when you have newer people come in, people who aren't familiar with the faith, that. That they might not be doing everything that, you know, well, a good Christian shouldn't be doing this. A good Christian shouldn't be doing that, whatever. And you have to stop and go, well, but if they've never been taught that, right? So right. you work with them where they are, if you will. I mean, it doesn't make what any sin right, of course, because sin is always wrong. And, but mm-hmm. you don't just immediately throw the book at them and tell them, get out until you've fixed your life. You know, right. you can't do that.
0: So, Yeah, so that, that you allow the word of God to do its work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: You know, I was wondering if it brings something like that, and I'm thinking to myself, have I failed you as a supervisor? Because <laughs> I'm just talking about animal sounds and little kids, yeah. And protein shakes. Is, is that what I taught you? Really? That's what I taught you. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to send me another one.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, my evals are already in, so they can't stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't sign it, though. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> Number seven. I learned <laughs> that it's very important to keep a close eye on your cincture. Okay. A <laughs> uh, little bit of a story. Can you
0: say it? What are you talking about? Your My cincture. Okay. My cincture. Okay. Can you explain what that is?
1: Right. So a cincture in, uh, is part of the, the vestments, the, the garments that, that a pastor or a vicar or whomever will often wear in a church service. And a cincture is the belt that looks like a piece of rope. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it is. The functions is the belt. During one particular Sunday after doing the readings, I was supposed to be going down to sing with the choir and was moving rather briskly to get from one spot to another. And as I passed the communion rail, the end of my cincture got stuck in the rail, oh, and it brought me to a very sudden halt, right, right as everybody's quiet, waiting for the choir to start. Mm-hmm. And before there's a music note, there is a uh-huh, as I suddenly am, you know, given the <laughs> squeeze by my cincture. Number six. Uh, one of the things I have learned here on vicarage is how to do a funeral. Okay. Um, during my year here, we've had quite a few funerals. Um, several in very short time periods uh, in many different uh, contexts, you know, situations and so forth. And I have learned very much the, uh, the, just the, the need, the focus that, that is, you know, on the proclamation of Christ, what he has done for, for the deceased. You know, you don't try to uh, do gimmicks try to <laughs> fake familiarity with the person, you just tell tell memories, because none of that stuff is going to bring any lasting comfort, you know? I mean, it might give a chuckle to well, whoever What was the
0: cheesy line you said, or, or you, is that later in the list? Which cheesy line? Oh, I didn't know so-and-so. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that was a, a good <laughs> – we had just talked about that, like, don't do that, Vicar, and then I get up to do a devotion, and it was, well, I never knew so-and-so, but – and <laughs> yeah. Whoops, open mouth, insert foot right there. <laughs> but just in the midst of that, just the importance of proclaiming Christ, his promises, the the assurance of the resurrection, you know, that he holds um, the beloved in his hands, that they behold him face to face, and that the separation that we have is is not a lasting one, but, you know, we will soon be there with them. And and never to depart again. Those are the those are the things that give lasting joy and lasting peace. And as, as time goes on and and people, um, you know, try or slowly move on from the from the death. That's the kind of stuff you cling to. So I've got uh, plenty of practice there. Number five. Number five was kind of a personal reflection that was very much uh, provided to me by my supervisor. And that is I have a very cheesy tendency to give a thumbs up. About any time I would do a, yeah, I can do that, or sure, or I understand. Anything in the affirmative, it's always accompanied by a thumbs up. I didn't even realize it.
0: (laughs) You don't do that as much anymore.
1: I know. It's one of those things that once you pointed it out to me, it's like, oh, my goodness, he's right. Ah." But then there's the awkward, what do I do with my hands?
0: (laughs) It got to the point where he would give me a thumbs up, and then he'd go, oh, and you'd be mad that he did it.
1: So then you got like a two-for-one cheesy reaction from the vicar. But,
0: yeah, so. it's almost like a nervo- it became a nervous twitch. It was like, uh <laughs> what do I do?
1: That's right. My hand just spasmed every time I would say yes to anything. So, But we're moving past that. You know, I'm improving. Number four. During my time on Vicarage, I have learned that sermons are a lot harder to write than you might think they are. Now for any you know, any pastors listening to this, that'll be probably obvious and, and you know, any any of my classmates, fellow seminarians, vicars, whatever, they'll they'll be uh, they'll have learned this or are learning it. But you know, it's one thing to look at a text and go, Oh yeah, I think I get what it's mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. and, and whatever else. And then to sort of think, Okay, how can I put that into coherent, you know, the train of thought, get from here to there, not lose anyone, not speak in generalities, not Set up straw men, not just give the law and then like try to tack the gospel on at the end or something,
0: you know, it's... Yeah, that was a recent lesson, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, especially with these texts the, for this coming Sunday, it was like, there's a lot of law in these and it's like, oh...
0: What was the lesson that I gave you though? It, it's generally practical.
1: Yeah. So, the, you know, when you look at the text, you realize, well, how... The first thing, how am I going to preach the gospel out of this? And once you know that, the law follows. The law is, is you know, easier... And it'll, once you know the gospel, the law will sort of fall into place. Whereas if you go the other way.
0: Because it's a generally rule is, is, is because they have to, a vicar has to write the law part first. Generally, they think, okay, now how am I going to preach a law and then the gospel? Where if you really make the aim, I'm going to preach the gospel. And I want the law to then lead up to the preaching of the gospel and prepare for the hearing of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. That should be your focus.
1: Yeah, yep. So once I got that, it was a big help. But it's. It's one thing to think, oh, man, yeah, I know what I'd say on this. And then to actually write a sermon, uh, that's something else. But I'm learning. It's getting better. It's good. Number three. You have to appreciate your secretary. Our secretary here, Mary, is a saint who has saved my bacon on so many occasions. Where I'm supposed to be, what I ought to be doing, what I've forgotten to do. But don't worry. She's covered for me, Uh, you know. Who do I talk to for this? Where do I go to for that? You know,
0: it's... Hey, hey, Peter, do you know what's funny about this? Is he thinks that when he gets a first call that he's going to have a secretary?
1: Well, maybe I'll have a well-trained caribou at my shepherd of the glacier, you know, or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, someone who has a stone and a chisel and a, and a hammer in there.
1: That's right. They send out the, the, the newsletter by smoke signals. It'll be great, but
0: yeah, his first podcast for for the the uh, toxin tasting network will be in Morse code. <laughs> That's right,
1: delivered by Pony Express. But so, yeah, I appreciate your secretary and, you know, your janitors, your your organist, all the people that are doing so many things in the background you don't even realize. But they're such a, a huge help, you know, keeping things afloat, letting things run smoothly, letting you focus on the important things. So, you know, it's they're huge blessings. So
0: number two,
1: I've learned in this vicarage that you never know. What's coming down the line at you, what, you know, tomorrow might have Mm -hmm. down the, you know, I mean, it, on the one hand, it makes you very much appreciate the, just like the regular rhythms of the church year, because that does give you some predictability, you know, you know, when Lent's coming, you know, when Advent, you know, these seasons and, and you can kind of, you can prepare for that, but Mm -hmm. you never know who might show up at your door who might, you know, call on the phone and all of a sudden what you thought was going to be a calm week is all of a sudden, oh, we've got two funerals or, right. oh, well, I, I need to prepare this Bible study or, oh, we're doing breakfast at the whatever. I mean, and, but you know, that's a good thing though, because it's never boring, you know? Right. You,
0: you, there's variety. <laughs> like, do you think if I, I would survive in a, in, in a, vocation where i have to sit in a cubicle for 48 hours a week <laughs> so
1: you know what i just thought of when you mentioned that have you seen the beginning of the incredible disney pixar incredible yeah right the scene where after they can't be superheroes anymore bob mr incredible is having to work at an insurance agency yeah right that's what i would picture if you had to work in like a nine to five cubicle job
0: Except I, I'm uh, I'm about as big as he is, but I'm more cut. I think that's is the issue. you know that's
1: true. That's true. He <laughs> kind of let himself go in that movie, and so you know, <laughs> you you got that on him. <laughs> 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 All right, and so on that note, and number one is the absolute importance in this of trusting God's word to do what it says it will do, you know, um, when we've had, you know, things like funerals, when we've had things like new members that you're trying to or talk to or people that you're trying to bring into the church or just you're going on visits, delinquent members, whatever. I very often have a tendency to, well, like, if I could just find the right Bible verse, if mm-hmm. I could just find the right thing to say, if I just knew what it was that would convince this person according to human reason, that it'll right. all be okay, or that they should, they do need to come to church, or that, you know, whatever. And and that'll always fail, you know. But the Word of God is powerful and effective. It's living. It's God, the Holy Spirit, uses it to mm-hmm. change hearts and minds, and He promises that He's going to do that. And so that, that trust and that security, then, that comes from that trust of, you know, if I'm at the bedside of a dying person, and, you know, uh, his wife is there, and they need comfort— you know, and I am I can proclaim the word of God to them. And even mm-hmm. if it sounds, you know, kind of sh- shallow or superficial or, oh, yeah, everybody's heard this psalm a million times. What good is this going to do? In my, you know, sinful flesh thinking that God is still and is the one who is using that word to bring comfort, to give right. peace, to right. change hearts and souls and minds and just trusting that the Lord will keep his promises when it comes to his word and what his word will do. And relying on the word and not on myself, because that takes a huge burden off of me that I don't, you know, well, Vicar, if you had only thought of the right Bible verse, they'd all be leaving you happy. But guess what? The whole family's still in tears at the end of this wedding. You blew it, you know? Or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that actually didn't happen here, in case you're wondering. Yeah. No, like, yeah, that was we never- had a any... wedding where everyone left in tears. Yeah, that didn't happen. So <laughs> if, you th- if you're thinking, thinking that something like that happened, th- no, that's just something yeah, that th- uh, his is... imagination-
1: This is Vickers hyperbole. Yeah, his cincher got stuck for a minute. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes it cuts off the blood flow to the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things stop thinking, but- so, yeah, there you go. That's my... Talk. So, I have a well, question
0: then. So, you've been, I guess, three quarters of the way through the seminary process. Now, we might have some listeners listening right now who actually might be considering becoming a pastor, going to the mm-hmm. seminary. So, where you are right now in the process, what would you say to them?
1: Oh, man. I I would say it would be very worthwhile, first off, to talk to your own pastor, you know, to... Get a hold of the seminaries. They are um, just incredibly helpful setting up. You know, if you want to tour, if you want to talk to students, if you want to talk to professors, if you want to talk to people who are in this, um, the those doors are always open. People love to talk about that, you know. So don't feel like, you know, well, they'll probably say, yeah, you're not quite the stuff. Um, the other thing is, as I was talking about trusting in God's word for Being powerful and doing what it promises to do, you know, that also the Lord, you know, he is the one who provides for, who, um, it can be very intimidating to go to seminary, especially say if you're a second career guy and you're thinking, boy, am I going to walk away from my job? Am I going to walk away from my security, my house? You know, that's because that's what we did, you know, when.
0: And when I think of that, I don't think of you. I think of your dear wife. <laughs> yeah. we thought but, she was marrying a pharmacist.
1: <laughs> that's right. I definitely pulled a bait and switch with her, didn't I? Oh, But, you know, in, in all of this, the, the Lord has been, um, has blessed us so richly, um, that, you know, that I, you know, I am very, very happy to be here now. And so those concerns will, will definitely be there, but... It, our sinful natures like to blow them a lot more out of proportion than they really are. And, you know, the Lord sends you into the harvest field. He's not sending you empty-handed to do it on your own,
0: you know. So, by the way, if, if you're one of those people that I mentioned and you, and you are considering it, feel free. You know, I, I have experience teaching a lot of vicars over the years. Yeah. So if you have any questions about that and you're considering going to the seminary and being a pastor, please, uh, vicar. Hey, vicar. Hey. I can only use this app. <laughs> You know, your <laughs> subscription yeah, uh, is expiring. It's going to update to the, <laughs> the newer and sleeker model. This is
1: true. This is true. They've worked <laughs> out a lot of bugs with the sixteen point oh.
0: So, uh, where can they get a hold of us at the podcast?
1: All right, they can uh, get a hold of us on our, our Facebook page, Clerical Errors. They can uh, Twitter us, Clerical Errors P. Um, they can email us at I've got questions at clericalerrors <laughs> All
0: right. That brings us to, well, Berg's blasphemies. Except Berg is not here, so guess what you have. Bullhagen's blasphemies.
1: Now, if Bergs are bodacious, what are Bullhagens? Buff. Buff. <laughs> Bullhagen's buff blasphemies.
0: <laughs> so, um, so uh, today, um, there's been a lot of talk recently, Vicar. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Peter, play the intro.
1: Pastor Carl Ballhagen.
0: Bodacious blasphemies is the part of the show where
1: Pastor Carl Ballhagen
0: seeks to sell you ancient damn delusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short,
1: Pastor Carl Ballhagen
0: makes bad stuff sound bodacious. So uh, there's been a lot of talk, vicar, um, ever since uh, what's happened in El Paso and Dayton. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Sad. Sad stuff.
0: Very sad. And what kind of talk have you heard about that?
1: Oh, man. It's it's everything from, well, if only there weren't any guns to, oh, man, if we just had the right laws on the books to, oh, man, the politicians are awful, terrible people. You know, blame, 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 blame. Right. You know, whose fault is it?
0: Right. That's right. So so as I thought about that and uh, I thought about, uh, well, what, what would I call this? Uh, I don't actually have a title. For for it um i'll call it uh everybody
1: everybody all <laughs> because right because
0: everybody has an opinion and everyone actually that i've been hearing is missing one thing okay mm-hmm. you know what it is what what's that it's the idea of original sin
1: oh yeah yeah i don't think i've heard that on any of the news channels
0: so that's what you're getting all right All right? Let's hear it. And this is regarding to original sin and what what happened both in El Paso and in Dayton and the kind of thing that continues to happen and trying to place it all in perspective. And now, so that's what I'm gonna do. All right. Original sin, what is it? It is not the sin that we commit. It is a sin that we have inherited from Adam. It encompasses two things. The fact that we inherit guilt that we're born with, and the corrupted sinful nature that we have that is passed down from generation to generation. In other words, when it comes to sin and guilt, as well as having a nature that is evil and corrupt to the very core, to quote Berg's favorite song, we must admit, baby, I was born that way. (laughs) In fact, I would invite you to listen to David in Psalm chapter 51, where he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now you may ask, what does this have to do with the shootings in El Paso and in Dayton? Well, if you would like to join the Pelagians, or if you would like to join the Socinians, or if you would like to join the Arminians and the Quakers in your hatred for the biblical teaching of original sin, then good for you. It opens a door for you to blame everyone but yourself. You can proudly stand on your high horse and say, it's Trump's fault. It's the gun's fault. It's Facebook's fault. It's the government's fault. It's immigration's fault. It's because we don't have a wall. It's video games fault. It's because we don't have the 10 commandments posted at every corner. It's the Democrats fault. It's the Republicans fault. It's mental illnesses fault. It's our school's fault. It's a breakdown of the family's fault. But in the meantime, as you reject original sin, you never have to say, it's my fault. The, those shootings reflect the evil that is in all of us since Adam and Eve fell into sin. The same kind of evil that caused Cain to kill his brother the next generation after Adam and Eve fell into sin. It is the same kind of evil that leads what some would call normal people to do heinous things. The same kind of evil that leads terrorists to fly planes into buildings, that causes nations to kill by the millions, that makes the mother's womb the most dangerous place in the world. And this, because of original sin, has lived inside us all. And anyone who looks around and says, surely not me, just goes to prove how spiritually blind they really are. Now, to some, the doctrine of original sin seems harsh. Everyone is guilty even before they can make a decision for Jesus, they wonder. Everyone deserves the wrath of God and his judgment, even if they don't know. Well, here's the thing, I agree. It would, in fact, be very harsh unless God had sent his own son, that we may be born again. It would be very harsh if God didn't send a second Adam the Apostle Paul calls him, born without the burden of original sin, yet died so that the death of one man might lead to salvation to people who at once, who once hated them. So you can reject original sin, but I would suggest that you do this, that while we were still sinners, God-haters, adulterers, murderers, swindlers, and liars, Christ Jesus, the second Adam, died for us. And his judgments, the judgments of God, are true. And he takes our self-righteous measuring stick and breaks it over his knee and gives us a true righteousness, the very Son of Righteousness, his own Son, so that we can confidently say, I am saved by grace through the blood of Jesus. So if you would rather reject original sin bloviate about all of the problems that cause such horrible things in El Paso or Dayton. You can do that without the self-awareness to look in the mirror. God bless you. But I would suggest you I would rather invite you to join the prodigals, the tax collectors, the wandering sheep, and the unworthy, who rejoice in a Lord Jesus who forgave them and saved them, even though they were rotten to the very core. And were indeed born that way, and born again through a Savior who died for them. So, what do you think, Vicar?
1: Man, that is so true. You know, it's it was it makes me think we had a seminary professor who really hammered that home. And it, it's just eerie to think that if it weren't for God and His mercy and grace to us and His will keeping things in order, that that we all have the potential to do, we would be doing all those horrible things. I mean
0: look at our human history. Yeah. I mean I mean you look at all of the things and people will say, well atheists say this is all religion's fault. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. This is this is our history. This is who we are and who we have been. Yeah. Humans are just violent, awful to each other. Right. And and we lie and, and and when you have reject original sin, it gives you the opportunity to say, well that's not me. I'm not that bad, but that's just wrong. That's false, and uh, and uh, the 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 shootings that have happened, uh, and I suggest will continue to happen, should lead us all to run to the cross, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to forgiveness, and to see see the, the the sinfulness inside all of us. I mean, I mean, look at the cross itself, vicar. Yeah. I mean, that was a very violent thing. We see on that cross what the wrath of God looks like for sin and what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus deserve that? No. But it's a reminder that we are born in sin. We were conceived in sin. We are by nature enemies of God, but God saved, sent his Son so that we may be born again by water and the Spirit. And And, uh, and so I really do think that unless you have an understanding of these things, um, this will and having this understanding and you listening at home to have this understanding will really help you understand what happened a little better in the sense of looking at yourself and seeing your own need for mercy. Because what happened is really what has been in us since the very beginning. Yeah. Not the beginning when God created because he created good, but since the fall into sin. Yeah. And God sent a second Adam, his son, to save us from that.
1: Well, and it makes me think, you know, too, of like Christ's words when he asks, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? And, you know, be sure to take the, you know, log out of your own eye before you look at the speck that if we really want to help people, if we really want to try to prevent future tragedies like this and and help those people who are lost in this despair and anger and fear, that we first have to admit our own sin. Because if we're on our high horse thinking that we aren't like those people, you know, I'm the Pharisee. I thank God I'm not like that man. Then we're never going to help him, you know.
0: And and it's on all sides. It's all sides, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, people want to point the blame. They want to point the finger, and uh, without actually looking in the mirror.
1: Yeah, yeah. Our first finger is at ourselves. God, be merciful to me, a sinner.
0: You know. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to the conclusion of our show. Do you have any last parting words, Vicar? Thumbs up. It's been a good run. All right. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Baldwin. Thanks for listening. Two?
1: Clerical errors.
0: All right. You need a sign-off. What's your sign-off?
1: Always choke up on the bat.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) That's a new one. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clerical podcast, on Twitter at clerical p for podcast, or email us at feedback at clerical Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.